So hello everyone, I'm Benjamin Weiner. I am a student reporter for The Beacon Today. With me is the illustrious Angel Soto, who is a alum of um, Palm Beach Atlantic. Can you please introduce yourself, Angel? Hey guys, my name is Angel Soto. I'm a graduate from Palm Beach Atlantic University. I studied under the film program and been working with film for probably the last 10 years of my life. And um, can you introduce yourself, Mr. Brandon Martinez? Hey, how you doing? My name is, as you uh, know already, Brandon Martinez. Uh, I'm a adjunct professor at Palm Beach Atlantic University. I teach uh, film as well as um, their new intro to gaming uh, course, which uh, started this semester. That's great because we're here to discuss um, several games coming out this spring, starting in March of this year, between March and May. These are these games are. For the most part, highly anticipated, and the reason for this podcast isn't so much to just flower them with praise and saying, oh, I can't wait to spend money on them. The question is, what should I spend money on? Because some of our wallets could be tight. For instance, I am 26 years old. Um, Angel is, um, are you 25, 26? 25. All right, and, I'm at, and Mr. Martinez, if you wouldn't mind. You're my age? Yeah, you're your age. I'm 38. All right, so you're within the 20 to 40 year age range of those who are most um, associated with playing games. That's a t- typical demographic at all. So basically, some of these games coming out between March and May are highly anticipated, though our wallets may not be ready for them. Also, it's not just wallets, it's also your free time. Like I have schoolwork in college, Angel setting up a business, as well as other jobs at Amazon. Mr. Martinez is an adjunct professor who, well, part of his life is teaching game design. So, you know, irony there, you know. So, first of all, I'm going to give a um, short um, overview of the games that are going to be discussed in this podcast. Um, you can just, you can stop me if you haven't heard of these games or you have anything particularly important to bring to them. Um, the games that, that, such as they are, include Doom Eternal... Animal Crossing New Horizons, Resident Evil 3 Remake, Final Fantasy 7 Remake, Persona 5 Royal, and The Last of Us Part 2. Now, um, if we have time, an emphasis on if we have time, we may delve into two games that were that were originally going to be in the spring release cycle, but were then pushed in September. That includes an Avengers game in Cyberpunk 2077. By the time we're done with all this, we're going to individually decide, of these games talked about, which one do you think is the best to put your hard money on if you could only choose one game? Now, it's possible we could afford multiple games, but if it came down to it, what is the one game that you would put your money down on? Is that, um, have I, am I clear about that? Yeah, it does. Um, do we, uh... Do we just start, or do you start us off? Let's, let's, let's start off. So, first of all, we have the earliest game, which are actually not, not just one, but two of them. Coming out the same date, on March 20th, is Doom Eternal and Animal Crossing New Horizons. Now, I'm more familiar with Doom than I am with Animal Crossing, seeing as how I have not personally played any Animal Crossing, but I most certainly have played Doom before. Um... Doom Eternal is the sequel to the 2016 reboot, which I placed in my top 10 games of last decade, in fact. So that's an indication of how excited I am for this. 
I don't know what can be. Um, I imagine that um, the two of you are also aware of Doom as a franchise. Yeah, I am. Absolutely. I mean, I, uh, yes. played it originally when it released in, in 93, so... <laughs> Yeah, yeah. I've been following it ever since. I remember playing it when I was in the movie theater, like waiting for the movie to start, and they had arcades set up, and they would have a a Doom. Um, uh, I forgot the name of it. It's like a emulator. Oh, and you we would be able to play like a a certain scene from the Doom game, from the original Doom game. Oh, uh, so. right. I mean, I don't think there was ever an official Doom arcade game. Oh no, I, I'm sure that would have been heard of, but whatever. Yeah, sure. Um, this is an, just an aside, I believe the original Doom release date is one month shy of my birthday, so I essentially was born to raise hell in a certain sense. <laughs> um, so Doom Eternal is essentially the first Doom game, but bigger, badder, with more guns, more demons, more places to explore. It just looks so much bigger in experience. But the question, of course, is... Um, there's an interesting idea about how is there, I mean, Doom Eternal is, is the idea of an expansion of a title, and from what I've seen, it looks great, but it almost seems as if there could be too much of it. Like, have any of you seen footage of Doom Eternal in the past couple of years? No. Yeah, I uh, I was look well, I was looking at it earlier, and you know, the next what is it, the uh, 2016 Doom? Mm-hmm. I thought it was fantastic, you know, with the music, the you know, the fast-paced gameplay, I thought it was it was great. But looking at the new one, it reminds me of, like, a mashup of all the great, you know, uh, first-person shooters like Halo and Gears. And then they incorporate some, like, Mortal Kombat elements in there, like the newer Mortal Kombat, you know, with, like, the breaking of the bones and those, you know, it goes in and it shows everything, you know, uh, when, when you hit the person. So it looks like it's... <clears throat> taking a mashup of all those things because they're popular. And I don't know if that works because it, it, it seems like a, it looks a little different from the last one. Yeah. It looks more it looks more like Halo or like Unreal Tournament. Remember Unreal Tournament? I've heard of Unreal, yes. But the, yeah, so. <laughs> I mean. Uh, it, it reminds me of those. Angel, well, so. you want to add something, Angel? I mean, I... I I think that sounds really cool because I I uh, am a big fan of of the gore and the graphics, oh. just especially since it's uh um it, it's one of those like things I look forward to when I play like a game like Mortal Kombat, for instance. Um, yeah, I expect like to see some gruesome deaths, you know. Uh, well, to be yeah. fair, twenty sixteen. Like, I, I, yes, I love Gears. Like that's my favorite game. I think of all time. One of my favorite games. Really, and you know, <laughs> well, when it comes to Doom, it it, it, it stood apart. You know, and when you're seeing the new one and you're saying, well, that looks like, you know, the chainsaw and, and the effect and, and the way that they move the camera, when it reminds you of, of Gears or Halo or Mortal Kombat, and that's the first thing that comes to your mind, I don't think that's necessarily a good thing. But like I said, I haven't played it, but oh. just initially, the initial feeling, well, I'm like, all right. In the, in, 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 I'm, in my um, defense play, um, the original original Doom also had a chainsaw. And seeing as how I've actually played the 2016 Doom, I can definitely tell you that it is very reverent of the originals in a sense that it wants you to keep moving. It wants you to focus 
your fire and your attacks on the right enemies at the right time. It do, it punishes you for yeah. using contemporary game mechanics. Like for instance, if you play this game like Gears of War or Halo, which you can in Gears' case since it's first person, you are going to die, and the demons are going to be laughing at you while you're doing it. Oh, I, I think something happened to the audio. No, no, it works. Um, so. I think in many ways, if you play Doom 2016, I mean, I highly encourage you, if you have the free time, of course, to play Doom 2016 first, you'll see that Eternal essentially is expanding on it to an almost ludicrous degree. It's not so much the mechanics concern me, it's that can they, since they're making the game longer and bigger, can they keep it up? Can they make sure that your interest is held? And obviously, I think I would say yes, based on the experience they've had. But obviously, I'm looking forward to it a lot. Clearly, since you two have, um, I mean, Angel's seen it. I mean, Angel hasn't seen anything of Doom Eternal. He's seen 2016. I'm just trying to say is that clearly, um, we're not of the same mind about it. But that's fine, since the diversity of opinion means more interesting results in the end. Well, I mean, I think we could fairly say we all kind of look forward for the release of Doom, just uh, specifically yeah, because yeah. it's a it's a you know an FPS and it's an FPS that you know lasted. For what, twenty over twenty? It's roughly years? my age, you yeah. know. But I mean, at the same time, it's had there's been down cycles where in two thousand four there was Doom three, which was a huge departure from classic Doom. It, it was more like a survival horror game. It was dark, emphasis on jump scares, on using light rather than you know going around being a badass. It was a departure that for many was too much, and people were glad that the twenty sixteen one returned to the tenets of it's more light, it's more lighthearted, it's more about the fun of being the one thing demons all fear. It's an un- it's an unabashed, intelligent power fantasy rather than um, crap your britches um, survival mm-hmm. horror title. So there you go. Doom Eternal is not meant to be scary. It's meant to be fun. Almost like, in fact, in the creative director's um, own opinion, it's like the most nutritional burger you have ever had, which is a good way of saying it, I think. So it looks stupid and childish but it's more intelligent the deeper you dig into especially in terms of mechanics but we got to move on we're um, 10 minutes in so um is anyone familiar with animal crossing honestly uh, this was the first time I've heard of it. Yeah, <laughs> really. It's I a mean, switch game. It's a switch game, right? Yeah, well, it started as a GameCube title. Animal Crossing was unique in that it was a game that technically never ends. You play as a villager, you're going to this anthropomorphic animal town, and you're supposed to be doing all these menial jobs and tasks to pay off an endless debt. It's um. Despite, it's like a Sims, like a Sims kind of game. Kind of, it runs on a clock yeah. that is consistent with our clock, you know, which means that. Yeah, yeah. I mean, honestly, I'm just putting this as just, just because it's a title that Nintendo fans are looking forward to. I feel that it would be cheap if we did not mention it. I mean, to be fair, we're not going to be mentioning Ori since I don't know nothing about the Ori game. So, by that, it's whatever. But still, since. I mean, I'm surprised that Mr. Martinez. I'm surprised you haven't heard of it until today and stuff. <laughs> well, I mean, it, it it really it's a it's its own category. Like, first of all, you need to be a big Nintendo fan, and then mm-hmm. on top of that, you need to have an idea of what games are in and out going for Nintendo, because majority of the audience, in fact, who are probably would be interested in a podcast that has games like Inferno and you know, uh, Walking. Was it? What was the other one? Um, uh, Resident Evil. We're, like, we're, we're going to get to that. It's going to be majority of a male, mature audience, and and yeah. a lot. Of, and and Animal Crossing seems more like a game that is meant for either specific 
viewers who still enjoy like those um, sim gen type generator games uh-huh. or more of a younger audience. But you'd be surprised yeah. how many adults looking forward to Animal Crossing. It, it's like, it's, it could be the case of the kids growing up becoming adults, yeah. but there's a large adult fan base, male or female, and you'd be surprised how many female fans there are for Resident Evil Maybe because if, because since the, since day one there's been a female protagonist to play in Jill Valentine, mm-hmm. so I wouldn't necessarily, I would not want to push the idea that these games are just for men. There's actually in some cases a I'm more not, sizable. Female. I'm not pushing the idea. I'm just stating that um, the market for these games have always originated for males, like mm-hmm. for Doom and oh, yeah, for Resident yeah. Evil. That's that's kind of what the obvious target market is when they first released those games and eventually they as you know as our generation started to evolve the game market started to evolve and they wanted to market towards females and that's like like you said when they introduced the protagonist uh-huh um and then you know animal crossing it like i said it could be working both ways i never stated it could be for just for male females i did say that yeah you know it is going to reach a more younger audience and then the audience that the adults that do like it now are specific to those who enjoy those simulating games all right know? You know, I think this is a good time to switch into Resident Evil since we we're technically talking about it already. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but um, Resident Evil Three, this, this is a remake of the 1999 classic. It's um, a sequel or something. It's, it's set in the same time as the Resident Evil Two. It's it involves, of course, um, the female protagonist Jill Valentine trying to escape Raccoon City against a zombie outbreak, but much worse. For instance, there is the um. Once the titular antagonist of Nemesis, who is, um, he's essentially Resident Evil's Terminator, more so than RE2's Mr. X. Um, Mr. Martinez, I imagine that if you know about Doom, you would know about Resident Evil, of course. Absolutely. I remember playing the first one, you know, on the computer. <laughs> oh, you're first came out, I was in my cousin's house, and, you know, he just bought it, and we all played it. Uh, it was very scary with the opening scene. Yeah, the, um, yeah, the zombie eating the black dude. Uh, yeah, but I think it was more like a, wasn't it like a, an animal? Oh, like oh, no. Outside, oh, the, 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 the very first scene. Mm. Oh, yeah, there were zombie like dogs. Running into the mansion. Yeah, yeah, the mansion in the middle of nowhere. Exactly. And, yeah. Uh, you know, I, I loved, uh, two, you know, three was, you know, pretty much a epic failure. And then four and five I thought were fantastic, especially four. Oh, wait, wait, wait. So you think that the third game, um, by this, now you're referring to Resident Evil 3 and not Code Veronica? Uh, yeah, 3 wasn't wasn't really very well. Well, Code Veronica, yeah, that was... Uh, actually, based, that um, based on the general opinion, both 3 and Code Veronica are both well-regarded games. With Nemesis, yeah. Resident Evil 3 Nemesis, yeah. sorry? No, they say that, you know, the three, the, the, there was a lot of issues in development. Uh, and a lot of a lot of real Resident Evil, like the true fans, they weren't very, very, uh, they didn't really care for it. That's kind of, that's honestly, um, yeah. huh? Like that's, okay. kind of, that's kind of um, a first for me since more so now than maybe back in the day, Resident Evil 3, Nemesis, it's not considered to be the best of the original PS1 games, but it certainly is a game that people really remember very fondly of, especially for how Nemesis chases Jill with unpredictable movement, like he would chase him to the next room, something that other enemies couldn't do. He was a constant pursuer, yeah. and there was reward to actually taking the time to figure out how to fight him at all. Well, I mean, a game could still be, could, could have its moments. I mean, he's stating from his own um, viewpoint, and, you know, remember, he was the original 
Right. Like, he played this when this the, these yeah, games came yeah. out. So he's coming from that timeline, you know. I, and, I understand. And his experience with those games has brought him to thinking, okay, well, they could have definitely done better compared to the other few games I played with them. And they definitely did better when I played the later games for it. Yeah. And in this case, you know, he thought, you know, the, he's yeah, not saying... This was very well regarded. That's why yeah. they kept him going, and, you know, kept it going. But, yeah. you know, I'm talking about the, you know, there were there were certain mechanics and certain um, oh. tropes that they used that weren't very well regarded. But the, the, overall, they, they, have, they obviously kept moving the franchise along, even with the movies. Uh, but before, like, all the movies. <laughs> yeah. That's not talk, we're not, we're not talking about that. We're not talking about that. Moving it. We're no, not. Course, we're not going to be. But I'm just saying, <laughs> it's uh, it's something that you know it, yeah, it made right. money, so they're going to keep moving it along. I've actually yeah. been playing the original RE3 to prepare for the new one, and the one thing yeah, where yeah. I can agree that RE3 is kind of falls short is the fact that the RNG like randomly generated puzzles. Some of them are so obtuse that you're wondering, how do I figure this out without a guide? That's the one area where I think yes. RE3 falls short. Everything else, even the fact that it's shorter than other RE games, because RE games are meant to be replayed multiple times to master it, to master the play, getting it done in a certain amount of time, Resident Evil 3 is honestly, if I had to choose in terms of classic Resident Evils, this is like between 1 and 3, I will put 2 as the best, 3 as second best, yeah. and 1 as my least favorite, because... I'm not. I'm not. I'm not crapping on the first game. I'm just saying that one is the most archaic. It's the one that has the yeah, least. It's like it, playing Silent Hill one. It, it's it's kind of like painful to play, but you know, <laughs> yeah. Like compared to Silent Hill two, <laughs> Silent Hill two is considered yeah. like the, the the cream of the crop of. But anyway, yeah. the, the, here's the thing, uh, Mr. Martinez. I, know, I understand where you're coming from, but the fact that the, the third game is getting remade and it's getting remade with much fanfare from the audience proves that there is some yes. love for the original game. Otherwise, people would be like, why are you bothering with Resident Evil 3 if you didn't like it? Clearly, a lot of people did over time, and people are stoked for the third game's remake. In, in my experience with but the set... It also, it also yeah. could be said that they, that they want to remake it due to the, you know, the certain flaws and the, and the, you know, the feedback that they mm-hmm. maybe wish that they had fixed in the original game, they're going to redo it now. But yeah, you're absolutely right. Well, so, and, yeah, I was going to say, in my experience... The aesthetic changed drastically in 3, to, you know, from 1 and 2, and it was it was more engaging. Yeah. You know? uh, we'll give it that. Angel, you have something to add? Uh, my experience with playing the second game remade... Um, I've it, been showing him that, actually. It's so much quality, and they, they, they've added mm-hmm. so much... Um, according to what I've heard from Benjamin, like they they added, they twisted some things, they improved a lot of the the, the central game elements within Resident Evil Two that wasn't you know there for the original. Or wasn't possible then. Or wasn't even possible. Yeah. So I definitely am with you yeah. when you say that you know they're definitely going to be looking into fixing the you know the tropes that didn't make Resident Evil Three the prime game of your choice specifically, but like in general, like it could just be overall uh, overhaul improvement, and I look forward to. Seeing the works of it since, uh, you know, Resident Evil 7 was just such a phenomenal game. Resident well, Evil 2 was a phenomenal game. And the remake, I, I believe it's going to be great. Uh, before we move on to the next one, um, I just want to mention that um, even though Resident Evil 2 is held in, the original one is held in high regard, even though it was seen as the best of the original games, it was still remade to fanfare. Just because the original game was considered great for what it was doesn't mean it could not have also been improved, you know. So, even, so but for, anyway... Speaking it, of re- it also seems like the popular thing to do nowadays, right? Uh-huh. Like remaking something because mm-hmm. they know, like, all right, this was a cash cow, so now <laughs> we can grab those players again and 
just you know like Disney with their movies, you know, making them live action. Like, yeah, it, it just seems like the like the 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 thing to do to get more money. Yeah, but at the same time, but let's hope that they, like, that you know, that they stay true to the content and to the fans. At the you know, same, that, that's what they need to do. At the same time, I've noticed that people are far more generous towards game remakes than they are towards movie remakes. Like, for instance, yeah. people were very like ugh, over the Lion King remake and Aladdin remake. Mm-hmm. Like, especially Lion King remake, people were like, "This is shot for shot. What are you doing?" Like. Are we too remake? How it's like people are like took away the emotion of the of the animals. Oh right? yeah, like people are. I think to because of the fact there's a generational gap between classic and new. The fact that you could actually add something to the to the conversation, you can actually do something different with it. Even why people are like, like the original Resident Evil got a remake that was also acclaimed. It's like video games just seem much more tailor made towards um audience approved, critic approved remakes. It's like video games just seem to be more naturally fit for that than movies apparently. Anyway, speaking of remakes, as well, there's, there's another one of particular import, um, Final Fantasy VII's remake and stuff. I imagine, once again, but I, I don't know about Angel, but Mr. Martinez? I remember playing the original, and I, I have to honestly say I never got into them just because of how long they were, uh, you know? And, and I, I just, um, I played Seven. you know, like I said, I didn't finish it. Um, it just wasn't my my type of game. All right. I, I think it's a I think it's a fantastic game. I just didn't really get into it. Um, you know, I like oh. horror games. I like you know um a, you know uh, puzzle games. You know <laughs> I much rather play Mist than Final Fantasy. But you know it, it, you know it, I I never fully got into it. I, I like. I play Kingdom Hearts with my kids, you know, I think that's that's a lot of fun, but, and it's in the same, I guess, you know, universe, but um, I never, I never fully got into Final Fantasy. It's funny you should mention that, as I have managed to complete the first two Kingdom Hearts multiple times with a bunch of appreciation, I could not finish Kingdom Hearts 3, I'm sorry, there was something about the third game just really really went wrong and it's embarrassing i felt angry at myself for not wanting to finish it but i, I was more interested in just going back and replaying re2 over and over again which says, mm. which says something about that game honestly but that being said i have never played a final fantasy normal game i play kingdom hearts obviously but the reason why i'm looking forward to checking out the remake of seven is not only because it's more visually appealing it's also because it just seems as if they're giving you the choice of they're playing it of conventional turn-based or more action-focused, like in the now, like FF15, you know. I kind of think that there's a very interesting thing they're doing there where they're making it appealing to both veterans and newcomers. Like, oh, this Final Fantasy looks kind of like a my alley for once. <laughs> and do you feel, Mr. Martinez, based on a person who's never finished the original, how do you feel about the remake and stuff? Um... I the remake hasn't come out yet, right? It's coming out this April. That's why we're talking. This is it's, it's, it this is part of the back, podcast. Right? And then it get pushed back. Uh, yes, originally it was going to be in March. It now it's now it's yeah. o- only a month. Only a month. It's actually a pretty um blot, pretty blase um delay. Like oh whatever, it's only a month. Oh dear me, mm-hmm. more time to enjoy yeah, I mean, Doom. I, I, yeah, I think due to the due to the new technology and and the. Uh, I think it's going to be amazing, mm-hmm. um, and I, I I have to talk about visuals. You know, you know, 
coming from a background of filmmaking and, and animation and graphic design. I think that's the big appeal. But I, again, like I said, I, I don't really, I haven't delved really far into Final Fantasy enough to give an honest opinion of All what right. I think. You know, Mostly, I, I yeah. think that, again visually, I could look at this thing all day. You know, and and, and it, I think it's going to be fantastic. Um, but again, I I don't have enough knowledge about it. It's, it, it this, yeah, as you, you people, you should you should probably know that um, Final Fantasy VII remake, while it is being released in April, it's only the first part of it. It's like after a certain time in the in the game, it's going to actually stop. And then release like parts two or three later on for free. I think if you've already bought it, you know. So oh, wow. it's so big that they're actually cutting up in parts, but they're not paying. But then you're not paying separate for the other versions at least, which is, I guess, a nice like, hey, just, just you know, just listen, just enjoy this first part in this beautiful dystopian city and stuff. Notice <laughs> That's an honorable thing to do, right? <laughs> notice how mm -hmm. sexy Tifa still is, despite her breast being smaller. Like appreciate Aerith for being the character she once was, rather than this um. Um, whatever. Anyway, we're we're, kind of, we're running out of time, so before we delve into our choices for what we think personally our most anticipated game is, the game we would want to play alone if we had only one game to play, there's one more title, and that game is The Last of Us Part Two, coming out in late May. Yeah, that's a big deal among mm -hmm. among the yeah. entire gaming community. Any anyone who ever played the original Last of Us, um, like to me, even as a filmmaker, okay. I. I still watch scene breakdowns, how they recorded the, they do actually motion captured a lot of the narratives that were going on in Last of Us, and I would watch it happening in real time while they also created the animation right next to it, side by side, and it just gives me chills all the time on how deep the, the connection between the characters were. The, the Last of Us Part 1, I guess you can call it now, yeah. is probably, it was, it was my second favorite game of last decade behind Mass Effect 2. And I think Last of Us is probably one of the best games I've ever played. And it came as a shock to me since they also did the Uncharted series. And while I find the Uncharted games just fine, narratively, at least until the fourth title, it wasn't really the strongest thing Naughty Dog was at. Then The Last of Us comes out as like, in, in terms of telling a story, this almost seems like a different developer, a better developer. Like, like they, they, they still have the people who are great at making game design, then they found some people who are like, we want to write an amazing story that challenges your assumptions on, ga on game storytelling. Anyway, um, that's just me. But, Miss Martinez, how do you feel? Yeah, I absolutely love The Last of Us. Uh, you know, from the opening scene, it just, like, grips you. And mm -hmm. you, you just can't you can't put the controller down, you know? I mean? Yeah. <laughs> I remember playing this thing till the sun came up, and it was, oh. it was absolutely amazing. It, it was um, it is storytelling. Um, all the way to the end, you know, it, it was it was satisfying all the way. Uh, the graphics, you know, um, the, the mechanics were fantastic. Um, it didn't it didn't give you too much anxiety where you didn't want to like <laughs> stop playing it. Uh -huh. uh, like like in my opinion, like Bloodborne. I, oh, I just, that, that's uh, challenge. That, that's yeah. a challenge. Like Bloodborne's actually. <laughs> Last of Us lets you choose how hard it is. Bloodborne just says exactly. take it or leave it. Yeah. You know, there's, there's uh, extremely hard and, and you know, uh, get an aneurysm. But, any, uh, but, but still... But, I, it, but Last of Us, I, I think that, you know, what they're going to do with it, it's it's going to... I hope that they take it to the next level. They and I think they will. You know, I think they will. I can only speak for myself here based on what I know so far, but 
The Last of Us Part Two, while the game visually and I think gameplay wise looks amazing, I do am concerned that they are gonna because The Last of Us Part One it ended in such a way that I would feel completely comfortable if they never follow up on this. It feels as if it's more powerful if you let you if they let if they let you make up your mind about what happens next. Last of Us Part Two is gonna have to walk on, as Joel would say, extremely thin ice not to ruin the power of the ending of the first game and makes like the Godfather part two, I would say make it a, a continuation. It's like, you know what? I did feel as if this deserved to exist. Like part two is going to have to work over time to justify it being more than just a, a narrative continuation. It's going to, it's going to have to be lightning striking twice, honestly. Otherwise, Last of Us Part Two runs the biggest risk of being a disappointment compared to everything else. So we're getting close to our um, time limit, I'm afraid. So I would like to, I'll like to go around the circle, all three of us, and, and make this make the choice of what do you think out of the games we just talked about is your choice for most the game you the one game that you would pay for if you had only one game to play. Well, I I am again coming from a very narrative. Um, perspective. I, I most of the games I play nowadays are very PvP oriented, um, competitive based. But if I were to choose one game, it'd be a narrative game, and it would definitely be The Last of Us in my in my personal opinion. I definitely would play that uh, the next uh, uh, part two, basically. Mr. Martinez, yeah, not having a lot of time since I'm so busy with <laughs> multiple things. Of course, I, if if I'm going to spend time playing a video game, it would it would be The Last of Us. All right, so yeah, so far, of us too, because it's a story. It's like a movie, you know. And, right. And I don't have, I don't have, you know, uh, six months to play Final Fantasy VII. So. <laughs> well, Resident Evil, well, Resident <laughs> Evil Three isn't that long either. I mean, I don't think it's going to be a long experience, but the replay value is where, yeah. where, where the benefits come from. Mm-hmm. From okay, that may have ties into it, but, but it's a remake, right? Yeah, yeah it's so a remake of the original. Um, yeah. For me, I'm going to probably go if I had to only play one game. I'm going to probably um, risk a huge gamble and say Resident Evil 3 Remake since, hey, I'm, I like the 2 so much. I'm so curious to see how they improve or what changes f- for the remake of 3. And frankly, I'm just curious to see how they're going to... Because they're removing the Mercenaries mode that was introduced for the original third game. They There's apparently not going to be multiple endings this time around, which you had in the original game. I'm looking forward to seeing how they um continue the series' grand tradition of making it clear that playing it once means you haven't really finished it. Like, if you play it multiple times, that's when you realize where the value is. So, aside from the fact that I'm looking forward to seeing how Nemesis taunts and torments the player and Jill and Carlos, the characters of that game, and myself, I think Resident Evil 3, I mean, it's not a close one. There's other ones that are just as deserving, like Last of Us. I understand Doom is going to be incredible. I have the luxury of having the time, I think, this year to actually play them all. But if I only had one to play, it's Resident Evil 3. I'm sorry. I'm just way too curious to see how they yeah. don't screw it up. It, and how It looks, it looks great. And, you know, and it, it looks fantastic. It could really so be. I'm hoping... I don't think anyone would art would make the dangerous argument that the remake of Resident Evil Two was the better than the original. I think there could be a strong argument that could be made even by old time fans that if this works as well as it does, this could actually be a legitimate improvement. But either way, we're running out of time. I'm glad you all had the time to make it for this podcast. I'm glad you 
were able to come into detail about how you thought the way you did. I wish we could have talked about the delays like Avengers and Cyberpunk. But then again, we're over 30 minutes. So let's um, say our goodbyes and have a nice January, I guess. Uh-huh. Well, it was a pleasure talking to you guys. Thank you for letting me be a part of this. Uh, we, we could do a part two. Uh, well, depends on what it's about. To be determined, right? Yeah, to be fair, I'll, I'll ask the Beacon if there's ever a chance for us to talk, but then again... You gotta do movies next. Right? Oh, oh, yeah, movies. Like, to be fair, the next movie that's worth a darn for me is probably gonna be Black Widow, so we have plenty of time to decide that. Anyway, thank you so much for this for listening in on this podcast. This was for the Beacon today. Um, and to, to quote another podcast, say toasty or something. Thank you. All right. Bye. Bye. Bye, guys.